doesn't hurt and I'm I'm low-key disappointed because it did a bit yesterday but now I'm like fine I slept really late today because um for context I <laughs> I had my first uh COVID-19 vaccine uh yesterday on Saturday I really you know because how you read about all the all the symptoms and stuff my housemate had theirs done a couple of weeks ago and they were like oh you'll feel okay the, the day you have it but then the next day you're gonna feel like death and you're gonna be really you won't be able to get out of bed and you'll be really ill that hasn't happened for me i i felt a little bit of shit yesterday um and then today i had a big sleep and now i'm fine and I feel a bit mad about it because I wanted to be a bit of a drama llama and be like, oh, I'm dying. I'm so ill. Oh, my God. Somebody come look after me. I mean, I know that they couldn't, but like, you know, it was for the moment. It was for the fantasy. But anyways, um, I was really scared because <laughs> I really hate uh, injections. I get really scared. Normally, I would have my mum with me, but obviously at the moment that's not an option um so i had to try and be brave i <laughs> all the way there i was listening to this um hypnosis video from youtube uh that actually i feel really helped um and <laughs> and then when i was there like girl the, the one of the other nurses that wasn't doing vaccinations I think because they have some nurses that are like filling in the paperwork with you and then they have some that are doing the actual injections and things um and she she came over and she was she was doing like this cute little dance to distract me and I was like thank you and then it was over and I was like oh oh okay so I think really I was psyching myself out because a while ago I had a flu vaccine and it really hurt and so I guess I was kind of thinking oh my god <laughs> it's gonna be like that but I think maybe because I was like I don't know maybe it was the hypnosis maybe it was the dancing who knows but either way I got through it um so um hooray for that um I would urge everybody that can to go and do it as soon as you can because you know who wants to get sick with this horrible virus not me so <laughs> um yeah anyways i just thought I would, I would talk about that and let you guys know that you should go and do it too um anyway i i suppose i ought to get on with the with the main part of this episode because otherwise i'm just going to be rambling about what i did yesterday and i'll be honest it's actually not that exciting Thank you.
The sea was always my soulmate, but to her I could never be faithful. But just like every messy, misinformed mermaid, the pleasures and luxuries of the land were always too much of a temptation. And so I watched her weep as she watched me leave, swearing that this was the last time and that this time she would see me be happy and that would make her happy. It is a myth that letting the ones you love go will eventually make you happy. A particularly cruel one at that. And I know it to be untrue because of the way that she would run to the shore, her tears spilling over the barrier between my world and hers. How her rage became regret, swinging back and forth again and again until she got to be a little smug, <laughs> seeing me swim back out to her waiting arms to admit that she'd been right after all. If you go down with the ship, they call you a hero and they don't laugh when you drown like a sentimental idiot. But not every ship is worth filling your lungs with water. My lungs haven't been dry for a while and I'm swimming again. That last part, uh, the last stanza about going down with the ship and things um that is actually taken from um a letter i say letter to make it seem more fancy but in actual fact if i had have sent it it would have been a text message because i was not about to waste money on stamps um so i <laughs> so dramatic so it was last year I was actually before we ended up breaking up for other reasons my ex-boyfriend I actually planned to break up with him anyway um now you might ask the question well then why were you so mad when you ended up breaking up eventually anyway well because because I like to be in control of things all right deal with it anyways so i wrote this long fucking letter about it how i felt um and what was going on with me and and our relationship and why i felt that it was not um going to continue any further um and there was this bit at the end let me see if i can find it hold on i'm not gonna read like the whole fucking thing out because that would be ridiculous and it's it's like really long um so, <laughs> so even if i sent it as a text it would come up with that annoying read more thing like oh god um god this was so dramatic oh my god i really am that girl um but anyway so at the end of the letter it said um after all if you go down with the ship they call you a hero and don't laugh when you drown like a sentimental idiot which i stole and later put into a poem uh that might be fun and cute in terms of a legacy but it's no way to live day to day and i remember i i sent this letter not to the person it was intended for but i sent it to my best friend and i was like so what do you think because you know you do that you know with your friends especially your best friends and you know it's like I trust this this guy that's known me since I was like a literal child to guide me in the right direction. 
and <laughs> and so he was like yeah I just want to say that ending is amazing and I was like you're right you're right <laughs> um in the end obviously I didn't end up sending it but I decided to reuse that part of the letter and, and repurpose it because you know I was talking about the sea and stuff anyways so I was like what god what is that oh my god anyways um so I decided to to reuse it um <laughs> I'm sorry I'm just looking at this letter now and I'm like girl you were putting a lot of blame on yourself for someone who did not deserve that wow I'm very self-critical sometimes when I shouldn't be because do you know to be completely honest I don't actually now I think about it and I look back I don't think the purpose of this letter was to break up with him I think the purpose of this letter was to say you know please can you stop treating me badly and can we just go back to how things were before but I had to like make him think it was his idea so it's like I tell him I'm breaking up with him and then he'll start getting his shit together and acting right and then it'll all be fabulous. Um, of course, that that never would have worked because, you know, <laughs> he was, um, he was already, uh, anyway. Um, it's really good writing though. Um, amazing anyway so <laughs> so that that poem was not actually about that situation at all um i just wanted to reuse the line about the ship because it was really fucking great um i wanted to kind of um be a bit introspective you know um and think about why it is that I I tear myself to pieces for people you know because I I, I do that that's that's my thing I will tie myself up in knots I will get way too way too emotional and invested and shit in people that when I look at it months later I I say that was stupid and they didn't um they did they did nothing to earn that level of dedication from you they did nothing to earn your devotion they you you don't need to do this and yet you do and so I was like it's like kind of asking the question so why am I like this because as you'll know your girl can't afford a therapist so we've got to do this work on our own and (laughs) this is the only way I know how because I am not a qualified counsellor or nothing um so I was just I was being a bit introspective you know um I think the C is me. 
you know because i i've always felt very like drawn to the water you know um perhaps my father was a water demon like samara from the ring except we're not going to wreck on it and make it like a creepy priest or whatever um oh that would be so good because then when i die i'm gonna be like a ghost with superpowers i love that for me and i love that for the potential of revenge yes Charles is a bitch. A big-eared bitch, to be clear. I said what I said. So that goes out to the person who sent me a very angry email um, in regards to my comments about Prince Charles a couple weeks ago. Um... For the avoidance of doubt, I still think that Prince Charles is a bitch. I think he is a big-eared bitch. And I will not be retracting that. Uh, And I don't care if he is the fucking future head of state or not. I don't care if he's the future fucking king or not. He's a pathetic little bitch. And I hate him. Okay? Period. As the kids are saying on the Twitter. Um, I don't give a fuck. Like, what's he gonna do? What is that bitch going to do to me? Come to my house and have me assassinated but make it look like an accident? Fuck off. He ain't got the range, darling. He'd have to ask his mum to do it. Listen, I... (laughs) Well, they're definitely not going to make me poet laureate now. That was never going to happen. That was never going to happen. But, I mean, maybe unless no no anyway um (laughs) anyways um so i a couple of weeks ago as you may remember i talked about uh all the royal family drama because harry and Meghan were like let's open all the doors all the windows all the pandora's boxes and let's tell you all about our weird fucking family and all their weird fuck shit and i was living for it because i love drama that doesn't involve me and i especially love drama involving the royal family because i'm sick of them basically i'll sit and watch the crown and i know that some of it is not based in fact but i don't care because i like i I just i like watching them suffer i really do it's like if you don't want people to resent you maybe pay for your own fucking lifestyles okay anyways um (laughs) girl miss thing i went from soft republicanism to like hardcore like i i I am there now okay (laughs) they shouldn't have messed with a mixed race girl and i probably wouldn't have cared so much but they did so now we're a war anyways so (laughs) this person sent me an email part of me likes to think it was prince charles himself he he listened and he was like oh she called me a big-eared bitch how dare she oh god and then just fired off this like angry little email but um it was very that. So I wrote them a little haiku just to make my position clear. Um, 
<laughs> in this email they called me a horrible spiteful little bitch <laughs> and they they said that if i don't like the future king i can piss off back to where i came from which is interesting um because i was born in croydon so it's just up the road it's not much of a trip um but okie doke um <laughs> They said, I don't deserve to be in this country. <laughs> I agree, deport me somewhere nice. <laughs> I, I always wanted to go to France. Send me there. See if they'll take me. Um, that's the funniest thing. When you have, like, one parent that's, you know, an immigrant and stuff everyone suddenly thinks they can just chuck you out the country and it's like try it honey bun (laughs) send me where (laughs) it's very bold of you to assume that i wasn't born in the uk but like and you know what the birthplace on my passport doesn't change the fact that prince charles is a pathetic little bitch that's just how it is like i'm sorry i I don't have to save that man's feelings. He lives in a fucking palace with his mistress. He's going to be just fine. Like, girl. (laughs) It's just funny to me how these people, right, will just get so rabid with defending fucking millionaires that don't care if they live or die. Like, it's really weird to me. I just, I don't understand it at all. It's like Stan Twitter, but worse. (laughs) Anyways, um, fuck Prince Charles, Stan, Diana, and Meghan, and, like, Harry by association, but, you know, like, he's fine, but, like, I don't really care too much about him, I'm really just here for Meghan, to be honest, um, and let's overthrow the monarchy, bitch, let's just do it, like, what's the worst that could happen? (laughs) Sorry, I just remembered this book. My mum told me about when I was a kid. I I don't think I got around to reading it, but it was about, like, the queen. Like, the monarchy ended and then the queen had to go, like, live in a council house or something. And, oh, that's funny. (laughs) Imagine if we did that, but, like, we made it a reality show. (gasps) Can you imagine the queen having to, like, live normally? Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Also, speaking of the royal family, by the way, I'm gonna just throw this in here because I wanted to talk about it, but I didn't know where. Um, apparently, Prince William was named as the world's sexiest bald man. Girl, by who? Who decided this? The- <laughs> He's. Oh my god! Oh my god! him go go he looks I, and you know you know the worst part is that there are rumors that he's been cheating on kate middleton for years and i just look at him and i think the audacity because listen i don't particularly like kate middleton all that much i don't really care for her but she's very pretty She's very, very pretty. And I look at her and I think, sis, he has the audacity 
to be stepping out on a girl like you. Girl, I would take the kids, I would steal all his cash, and I would leave. Go stay with Harry and Meghan for a while, do yourself a little interview, expose the bitch. I, this, girl. Anyway, and there was a lot of people who were (laughs) arguing about it on Twitter and posting pictures of who they believed were more appropriate uh, sexiest bald men, which is fine. Um, I just, I mean, him? I just oh dear um that's unfortunate <laughs> I guess his uh his staff must have been busy clicking on his name to vote for him because I don't see how else he won I really really don't Rosy butterflies fly, excited in the air, circling me with sweet intentions. The day belongs to me and I breathe like I am grateful to be alive, deep and slow. Angels are sleeping in my soul and I call them to awaken because there is so much to see. I put on my perfume, stalked across the room by the butterflies that have become something different. Their brightness lost until they are as dark as the days I regret. But I just brush my hair, I type out a text that I will never send, hoping that I haunt the places where my memory resides so people remember their responsibility to the memory of me. My nails are black, my dress too, my hair too, but my soul is turquoise, territorial, to the point where it is painful. The butterflies were never mine to control, moving through the rainbow with my mood ring, collecting in the sky, staring down and stalking talking about what I'll do next. Okay, two things just happened when I was reading that. Firstly, when I got to the bit where I had to say turquoise, or turquoise I'm going to be real, I, I forgot how to pronounce it because in my head, I had Alexis Michelle from RuPaul's Drag Race saying turquoise. And I was like, wait, not this oh god i can't remember how to speak english oh oh my god the prince charles fanboys are gonna have proof of what they can deport me oh my god it's happening no but girl i I just went out of my brain and i was like just wing it just wing it just wing it and hope for the best it'll be fine And, and i think i made it i hope so um and secondly i had um uh this song mood ring Britney Spears in my head because I was listening to that when I wrote it <laughs> oh I, I I really love that song I think it's amazing um and I hope she's having a wonderful day and that soon she'll be free from the tyranny of her evil father um but I wanted to kind of uh write something about um 
not being in control of the rest of the world because there's this thing that people say about how you you can't control other people and how they feel you can only control yourself and how you react to things and whatever um and I find that challenging to accept because (laughs) because because why why you know sorry that I I think because in my life I have been really um been really uh like really hurt a lot of times and so I get you know very like in my head about things and I'm like okay so I need this person to do this and I need them to react like this and then they don't do it and I'm like rude what the fuck you know what I mean it's very that um and it's hard to try and let go and just let things happen as they're going to happen and and accept that you can't avoid um, the way that other people choose to, to live and how that is going to affect you. It's hard to let go and just take things as they happen. Um... <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I was just thinking about that the other day, listening to, to Britney Spears. I was, um, it was very early in the morning and I hadn't had breakfast yet. I think that's probably where it came from. Maybe I was just hungry and I just became like really emotionally dramatic because I should have had some toast maybe that's the the solution to every problem have some toast no it can't be that simple unless what the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business I'm afraid we have to begin by talking about Boris Johnson having sex. I'm upset too, alright? I, I, I'm not having a good time. So, a little while ago, there was this woman called Jennifer Arcurie? Arcurie? Girl, I don't know how to say this woman's name. Um... 
I just want to make it clear that I am not the Jennifer involved in this and I would never do this. I know that I'm a bit like self-destructive and I have a weakness for older men, but not this one. Okay. <laughs> not this. Not this. Anyways, so she talked about how she'd been in a relationship with Boris Johnson and he had um, basically paid her public money and it was a bit like, but what for? And it was it was a bit murky and, and but it never came to anything. But she's come back out now and she's given out details of their relationship and I want to die. <laughs> okay, so apparently, according to her, they met up once a week at the height of the affair. She sent arty topless pictures. I don't know what that means. Um, She says, I loved him. I adored him. Him? Okay. Um, she she says that they had a, a mutual physical and intellectual attraction. They shared a love of Shakespeare. She called him Alexander the Great. Because for those that don't know, Boris Johnson's like birth name or legal name or whatever is Alexander. Uh Boris is like one of his many middle names or some shit. I don't know. Um she says that he loved her body and mind. Okie doke. Um, but then, <laughs> then she refers to him as a cowardly wet noodle for not standing up for her. Um, because basically she ended up being invited to a lot of foreign trade trips. This all happened when he was mayor of London. And so he would invite her on these trips. And then it was discovered that they had been together. And so people were like, hmm, that's not right, though. She shouldn't have been there. What was her qualifications? And so basically she calls him a cowardly wet noodle because he didn't say anything or stand up for her. Um, he was married at the time, by the way, to his ex-wife, Marina, um, who was the mother of four of his children and completely dragged him during the divorce and took loads of his fucking money. So shout out to you, Marina. Um, we had no choice but to stand. So um, this woman, Jennifer, which again, I must really state is not me because um, <laughs> I would never. <laughs> she went on several taxpayer funded trade missions with Boris Johnson and nobody really understands why. Um, so he also... Um, God. There, there was a lot of public cash changing hands that really shouldn't have. There are questions about whether Boris breached codes of conduct. Um, there is going to be um, an investigation into this. Um, but I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, the question really is, was she given preferential treatment because of their relationship? And should there have been a conflict of interest that should have been raised at the time? Um, she received £126,000 of taxpayer money, um, in event sponsorships and grants, <laughs> for what um 
she's I, I feel like she's exposing all this because she is really pissed off that um that he didn't stand up for her when this all first came to light. Um and I do understand that. Like I I, I guess I get it, but it's not like Boris Johnson had a track record of doing the right thing, so I don't really understand why she thought that he would. Uh, that seems a bit naive to me, but whatever. Um, oh, God. So apparently he used to take her out for dinner. Didn't even try and hide it. Fucking audacious little whore. I'm calling Boris a whore, by the way, not this woman, because she... She had no obligations to anybody. Um, he was a married man who knew what the fuck he was doing. Um, apparently he told her, I want to date you. You're the only American I've ever fancied. Oh, I bet he says that to all the Americans. Um, apparently, oh God, they first had sex in, in her flat hours before he sat between his wife Marina and Princess Anne at the opening of the 2012 London Paralympics. My God. Um, Jesus. He lost one of his socks, apparently, during that session. Uh, He would ask her for pictures of him. Uh, Wait, no. Uh, She would... (laughs) He would ask her for pictures of her. Yes, he's that guy that's like, oh, send me some pictures. Oh, my God. What an absolute twat. Um, They would sext while he was working... (laughs) apparently she was concerned about people seeing them kissing but he would say to her this is my city i don't care christ alive what a cunt um yeah so you know i'm upset that i had to find out details of boris johnson's sex life but you know I I just hope something will come of this and he will actually face some kind of accountability for his actions. But I'm not holding on to that as an idea because I don't see it happening. Anyway, uh, Sir Charles Walker, who is a Conservative MP, has had a really big week this week. Um, Firstly, (laughs) oh God, he he gave, uh, it was part of a, a debate in Parliament, he gave a speech. He talked about how he was going to be protesting the removal of freedoms by walking around London with a bottle of milk. What? Just go to a regular protest like a regular person. Just make a fucking regular sign. Why? Why the milk, you stupid... I don't even know what to say about this. This guy has gone viral a few times on Twitter because he he has been really anti-lockdown. And he keeps talking about how his concerns are people's mental health, people's jobs and things like that. Um, people not being protected by the safeguards of, you know, the British welfare system. But a lot of these things are things that he has caused in part by being a Conservative MP that has voted along with the government to strip away um the safety net of the benefit system and make it basically useless um he has you know voted for 
the NHS not to receive the funding. You know, he votes along with the government during all these other things, which means that we end up with an NHS that is not equipped to protect people's mental health. We end up with a benefit system that is not enough. It doesn't provide enough for people to live on. Um, so for him to start caring about these things now is very, very interesting. Um, but yeah, he's off out with his bottle of milk to go on a little silent protest um, because, you know, going and actually doing a proper protest is too hard, I suppose. Um, he also said he wouldn't get his COVID vaccine because he's afraid of needles. <sighs> Listen, bitch, if I could do it, you could do it, okay? Normally, when I have an injection, I'll be a hysterical mess crying. My mum's got to hold my hand. Um... <laughs> But I got through it and I made it work because I knew that I had a responsibility to the society that I live in to do my part to protect other people, okay? And I, I did the fucking work. I spent weeks researching coping techniques. I I have my little hypnosis thing I would watch. Um, I asked the, the staff at the vaccination centre to, to help me and they did. I, I, and I got through it and I did it. He, as a member of parliament, probably earns twice what I earn, probably three times what I earn, five times what I earn. I don't know, I'm shit at maths. But he probably has the resources to get proper help for his phobia. And the fact that he doesn't do it and he just sits there indignant and says, oh, I'm not getting my vaccine because I'm scared of needles. Idiot. Loser. Pathetic. All right? Suck it up, bitch. I got a phobia too, but I made it work and I got my shit together. There is no excuse. It's ridiculous. Anyway, let's move on because that man makes me angry. So there have been a number of protests across the UK you may have seen on social media. Um, the protests are against um, a policing bill that the government wants to push through, which would remove a lot of protest rights. Um, and it also, there are some other effects as well. It would very negatively um, affect uh, travellers and the travelling community. Um, it, it basically just gives the police the right to just do whatever the fuck they like and they kind of already have that anyway um there's been a number of incidents with police officers turning violent of course at the recent uh vigil for sarah everard there was a lot of unnecessary violence by police uh we have more this week um there was a video that went viral of a journalist who was attacked by police officers without any provocation he made it very clear that he was a member of the press he had identification showing he was a member of the press he wasn't doing anything he was just standing and recording which was his job and journalists have the right to do that at protests in the UK, police attacked him. And then the police, the local police force, the Avon and Somerset police, they released a statement. They said, we're aware of a video showing a journalist being confronted by officers. Confronted! Conf Bitch. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> they attacked that man. Are you... I... Listen, man, I kind of feel like this situation is getting out of control because people are protesting 
police violence um, and police being heavy handed in these protests. They are, you know, protesting about this bill that's coming in. And then the police respond to that by being even more heavy handed. And I have a lot of concerns about it all. Um, But the government just seems to be ignoring the police's behaviour and they keep saying, oh, no, no, we completely support the police and the people at those protests are violent and horrible, even though the public can see that that's not true because we see live streams from these protests, we see videos from these protests um, and we can see that most of the time it is the police escalating this shit. And then the government just, it's like just just complete lies, it's wild. I mean, I'm not surprised that, you know, the government that's trying to bring in legislation that would, you know, take away even the right to peaceful protest would would lie to the public about this. But, you know, it was fucking horrific, really. Um... Let's try and move on to something a bit cheery. I'm getting depressed. Um, Oh, yes. (laughs) Uh, Government ministers are urging the public to have summer holidays uh, in the UK. Some of the places that they suggested are Birmingham or Manchester. Now, a lot of people made fun of this, but I actually think it's a good idea and I'm not against it. I... I think there are lots of lovely places to explore in the UK and... If I were to have a holiday, I probably would, you know, stay here. Mainly because I haven't renewed my passport, so I can't really go anywhere else. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I would be, I would be happy to to stay in the UK for a holiday. Um, that would be fine with me. Um, I do understand why some people are a bit frustrated because obviously some people that you know they're kind of looking forward to you know being able to go away for a bit and obviously um the aviation industries and the tourism industries and and you know people that deal with that kind of stuff overseas they're probably going to be a bit frustrated too um but i don't think it's necessarily a bad idea and i think it's 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 good to to look twice at, at parts of of the uk especially um regions that really rely on tourism and haven't been able to earn anything for quite some time uh so that would be interesting uh to see what happens there will people be staying here having a little staycation we'll find out i guess um hmm what else hmm girl not this um parties in scotland are announcing their election campaigns because there's an election coming um and it's it's all all to play for everyone's excited i'm excited um something happened messy messy boots um (laughs) it's 
so Alex Salmond, who used to, he used to be the leader of the Scottish National Party, and he was the former First Minister of Scotland. Um, so he started his own party. Mama. <laughs> so the launch was a bit of a mess. Um, I actually, I, 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 I tuned in on the little YouTube live they had going on. There was some sound issues. There was awkwardness. It was, it really reminded me of that video of Britney Spears coming out on Ellen, but like where everyone's taking all the sound out so you can just tear her shoes and that. I, it was very that. <laughs> the website looks nice, um, but the, <laughs> the problem there was that uh, a lot of the information from their website then ended up being leaked. Um, a lot of the details of new supporters that had signed up post-launch ended up being leaked because I guess their website wasn't super secure. Um, so that's interesting. Um, there's a lot of controversy around this for a lot of reasons. Firstly, um, so he, uh, he was recently involved, um, in, in a, a legal battle because... Uh, basically, there were a lot of accusations of um, misconduct with women. Let me hold up. Because I want to get the facts right on this. I do not want to get this wrong because I feel like it's really important to to be correct when you talk about something so serious. Oh, my God, there's a whole article about it. Oh, my God. Okay, so, um, so in in twenty nineteen he was arrested and he was charged with uh two counts of attempted rape, nine counts of sexual assault, two of indecent assault, and one of breach of the peace. Um. So in the end, he was found not guilty on twelve charges, and not proven on a further charge, and one of the charges was dropped. Um, there were then. Um, as a result of, of that, there was investigations into the handling of the complaints of sexual harassment against him um, by the Scottish government. Um, so uh, the result of that was, was quite recent um, and it concluded that Nicola Sturgeon had not breached the ministerial code um, and really that there wasn't there wasn't too much to answer for uh in regards to that it was just just a, a messy messy thing all around um so before before his um his arrest he had resigned from the scottish national party um i think he still had a tv show he's got a tv show on I think it's Russia Today. He interviews people and things. Um, and there's a lot of conflict within the SNP as to whether MPs should go on his show because, well, he's a controversial figure and also it's on Russia Today. So just very controversial things. Um, so he started his own political party. Um, 
he is he is the leader of this political party apparently it was founded on the 8th of february 2021 um they currently have two seats in the house of commons already how you may wonder well i'll tell you because um two members of parliament from the smp defected and joined this new party um there is some rumours about other MPs that may do the same. There's one in particular that I'm really hoping doesn't come true because I... Because <laughs> I don't want to fight with you. I don't want to do this. Anyway, that's that's my own personal kerfuffle internally. They've also got a couple of councillors um, because a couple of councillors defected as well. Um, and... Well, I mean, they've got they've got a former first minister as leader. So um, from what we can tell so far, they do stand to plan. They do. St English, Jennifer, speak English and speak it coherently. They do plan to stand. There we go. Uh, only in uh, list seats in the Scottish Parliament elections. There were a lot of people that were suddenly panicked and they were like, oh, my God. Well, like, not panicked, I don't think is the right word, but, like, there was a lot of people, like, in England who were like, oh, this is, oh, they're going to take down Nicola Sturgeon. And I'm like, no, not really. Because they're not standing for the same. <laughs> I mean, the SNP does stand candidates in the list, but because they win um, quite a lot of uh, constituency seats, because of the way that the Scottish Parliament elects people, that means that they get less in the list. So... Actually, it's probably not going to affect the SNP that much. It may affect the Scottish Greens, um, but it really, it really depends how things shake out. But um, I feel like <laughs> this is exposing uh, a lot of people uh, not knowing some things. Um, one thing I would say, I want to be shady. I'm going to be shady. No. Should I be shady? no no i'm not gonna be shady i was gonna say something really shady but i'm not gonna do it because i do feel like i understand um as somebody kind of relearning languages that they knew before um sometimes you get like pronunciation traps you know what i mean it's very that and so i'm not gonna like be mean about it that was a little mispronunciation accident, but it's not the end of the world. Anyways, so <laughs> so that that's happening. We've got a new party. It's all going on. Lots of lots of drama. Um hopefully they can find somebody to get their website together because we don't I, I don't think anybody wants more leaks, do they? Um Hmm, what else happened? Willie Rennie, who's the leader of the Scottish Liberal Democrats, opened his party's election campaign with a photo shoot on a beach with a massive deck chair. I guess she got time to fuck around and, you know, take ridiculous pictures when you know that you're not going to, like, get into government. So that's cute. Um, hmm. 
Oh, the the new fifty pound note with Alan Turing came out. It looks amazing. We stan Alan Turing, and we hate that the British state persecuted him because of his sexuality. Um, so congratulations to him. Um, hmm. What else has been going on? Oh. I got my polling card this week um, because there's some local elections near me. I get to vote on two things. I'm very excited. Getting to select a new councillor and a police and crime commissioner. That part I'm less excited about. Um, but the funniest thing for me... God. It said on the polling card that I have to bring my own pen or pencil... And do you know why that's funny? I'm going to tell you why that's funny. Because for years, darling, for years, there have been these conspiracies about how you have to bring your own pen or pencil, preferably a pen, when you come and vote, because they're going to rub out what you voted for and put in something else. So you have to bring a pen so that they can't do it. And now they're actually telling you bring your own pen. And I just feel like these bring your own pen truthers are going to lose it. And that's going to be hilarious. And I can't wait. Um, Boris Johnson appeared in front of the liaison committee this week, uh, which basically means that, <laughs> sorry, um, it basically means he has to like go in front of, uh, the heads of different committees and be held accountable. So it looked the whole time like he was having the worst time of his life. Um, and something really fucking funny happened. And I'll be real with you. I have not stopped thinking about it since it happened. It, I, go. <laughs> oh my God. So there was a question. <laughs> there was a question uh, from my, my problematic fave. There isn't Bed Bradshaw, the other one, Angus McNeil. He asked about if British summertime could be scrapped. Girl, chaos. It was hilarious. And then they were having like this real conversation about if we could just like, <laughs> if we could just like not change time zones and shit and not let clocks go back and forward and all this chaos. And it was crazy. And I just, I just something like what's happening right now i am confusion but also i'm living for it i don't even know why i found it so funny and i don't know why i'm still thinking about it but it just <laughs> it gave me life and i'm gonna be real not a lot has this week so it's great there was a, a debate about the uh mayoral elections in london <laughs> big sadiq <laughs> just crown him just give her the crown and the $10,000 or whatever, $100,000. Um, I think in like the first season of Drag Race where they had like no money. <laughs> but Big Sadiq, uh, great showing. Um, I I'm pretty sure he's going to win. I feel a bit bad for Sean Bailey because he's still having to like soldier on in this race where he's definitely not going to win. Um, Sean Bailey said some really stupid fucking things. Uh, <laughs> 
He said that Sadiq Khan is the chief of police in London when Sadiq Khan is not. Um, Sean Bailey said, I've been a youth worker for 20 years. And then Sadiq Khan said, it doesn't show, mate. What skinny legend, one icon. (laughs) Oh. Anyway, Stan Sadiq Khan, he's a legend, he's an icon. Question time, had Brexit Party MEP and member of the House of Lords, Claire Fox, on. And I don't really know why, because she doesn't have much of use to say. Um, She also has previously defended child abuse images remaining accessible. And they forgot to, you know, include that in her little question time bio, which is fucking interesting. Um, To be real, and I, I spoke about this a little on Twitter, it actually makes me really genuinely upset that somebody who justifies people accessing images of child abuse is in the House of Lords and has any kind of political power in this in this world like at all it's disgusting to me because the fact of the matter is child abuse images they exist because of child abuse right child abuse has to happen for them to exist and people viewing them creates demand and demand means more abuse to make more images and i don't know how she can sleep at night to be honest um Oh, you want to hear about some flag nonsense? I I, I don't want to talk about it, but it's it's happening. Uh, there's new guidance that was published by the Department for Digital Culture, Media and Sport that insists on the union flag being flown on UK government buildings every day. It's a piece of fabric. <laughs> Oh my god. Why are the Conservative Party so obsessed with fucking flags, man? They've all got them in their fucking houses, in the background of their Zoom calls. I... This shit is pathetic, man. Absolutely, wildly pathetic. And I hate it. And I just... God. Also, Jenny Harry's... Uh, is going to be the new chief executive of the UK Health Security Agency, which is interesting because she previously said that test and trace was not an appropriate intervention, and then we didn't do it, and now we're here, sis, in a way worse position than most nations. <laughs> like, huh? Really? She referred to um the UK's pandemic... um preparedness as exemplary go where (laughs) where (laughs) huh like really i i just anyway i just think it's a bit inappropriate but what can i do um hmm. oh girl oh girl 
oh my god let me get my other phone for this hold up because i gotta play you something hold on oh my god i can't even type Douglas Ross having an absolute nightmare yet again. That's what he deserves. Um, he did another Q&A. Girl, I don't know why he does this. He's always doing this. I don't know why he thinks anyone wants to hear from him, but apparently this bitch does. Um, and it's sad. It's real sad. Let me play you this damn clip. So, Mike Oxmails, I'm not sure. Douglas, stop ignoring the tough questions. Uh, I'm really not. Girl. Girl. Why doesn't he have someone, like, check the questions before he just, like, reads shit out and makes a twat of himself? I mean, I'm glad he doesn't have someone to do that because then we get these moments of hilarity. But you're the leader of a political branch office that calls itself a party now so you gotta do it you know you gotta get it together <laughs> oh that reminds me boris johnson doesn't know his name <laughs> you know douglas ross is the leader of the conservative party um <laughs> but you know Boris Johnson, he loves all his conservative parties equally, but he doesn't really care for Douglas Ross. So much so that he doesn't remember his name and he refers to him as Murray Ross during Prime Minister's questions. <laughs> oh like imagine you get to what you think is going to be the pinnacle of your career you are the leader of your party in your country and then the leader of the uk party doesn't even fucking remember your name you end up making a clown of yourself on a live stream you hate to see it you really really hate to see it Sunflowers sleep atop black curls, surrounding my sweet face, floral crown shining in the sunlight that never seems to want to leave. The charms of my bracelet jingle jangle down the boat as I ache for the ocean, just beyond my reach. I hear God in the ocean's howl and he is kinder to me with his sweet words than I've ever been to myself. I smoke cigarette after cigarette to keep my hands busy and away from the alcohol that waits below deck spying on the sea and all her many children as they peek from behind their mother's legs. I am wearing an infamous white dress. Never earned. I never learned. But today, I want to be beautiful. So beautiful that somebody would look at me and love me. Love me like it was meant to last forever. So here I stand, an innocent, hopeful, halter neck dress, crown of flowers blessed by the sun, and a veil of choking cigarette smoke as I sail away.
I really, um, I was thinking about boats. Someone in my life once, they had a boat and I used to go and, uh, you know, hang out on the boat and bother them and be annoying. And I, I used to think I was so fucking fancy, um, all dressed up. Leaning across the side, my little charm bracelet, some of my big hoop earrings that I bought from Primark. But he would always ask where they were from as if they were from somewhere more expensive. Um, and I really felt the fantasy, you know. I was like, I'm a pretty girl on a boat. I look amazing. And there's the ocean. And maybe we're going to see like a, a whale or a dolphin or something. We never did, but you know. I like to think that the possibility was there that we could. And, you know, my dress, and it's all flowy because the water and the wind and everything, and it was, it was very that. And I was, I don't know, I was just thinking about it the other day. I just had an urge to be on a boat, sailing away from my life and just going and doing something else and being somebody else. And um, it's interesting that I mentioned a white dress there. That was really more just so people knew what I was talking about. In actual fact, I would not get married in white. Because I think that's misogynistic. I'm going to wear black. Um, so that when God is, like, watching, he's like, mm, okay, so there's two people there in black. Nice. I'm going to put them together when they die. It's going to be fabulous. Um, but anyways. <laughs> so it's just kind of about wanting to escape. Um be somebody else and live a different life and how that feels so impossible right now but it also feels so necessary There she stands, clear path, created from necessity, staring up at me, her body bright under the kind light of the moon. It is time to be true to myself, but I take one step, full of dread, and then I hesitate, staring at the quiet confidence of the bridge before me, who stares back towards me, asking what I'm so afraid of. There may be voices beneath her planks that go missing parts of her body that will not survive our journey together and she has the audacity to ask what are you so afraid of they say that the longest journey begins with a smaller step but small steps feel substantial when you look down suddenly confronted by everything you have to lose i lie i tell her that i'm not afraid i've never been afraid because i'm not that kind of girl I tell her that I'm a child of the sea, so if she were to drop me into the river beneath her, it wouldn't be such a crime. I am, of course, lying. I may be a child of the sea, but I have no wish to drown. And I may be afraid, but something about her tells me that I can't confide in her. So, with my eyes closed and my lies beneath my cheap shoes, I rush along the bridge, walking with such purpose that I think I may be possessed. Because if I am quick, and if I feign confidence, I will make it across before she can convince me that I can't. 
um that was weird because I fell asleep while watching a movie that I don't like and I don't understand why I watched it again and I woke up and I had a lot of that in my head I just had this bridge in a jungle and I'm running away from something and I have to get across this bridge but I can't because I'm scared so I wrote it but like it's not really about the bridge itself it's about the nature of fear do we as people really have anything to be afraid of or is it all just psychosomatic and who really knows anyways so I fell asleep watching the green inferno which if you don't know what that is um firstly it's terrible (laughs) it's it's not a good film I really cannot stress this enough uh it was a film that uh, that was inflicted on the world by Eli Roth, who really thinks he has a lot of things to say. And that's sad. <laughs> um, but it was uh, it was apparently a tribute to Italian cannibal films of the 70s and 80s, uh, in particular Cannibal Holocaust, which is a film I, I do like, but I find very troubling and can only watch every now and again. Um... I don't know why I felt the urge to watch The Green Inferno because I don't particularly like it and I do actually find it quite troubling um, as a film. Um, not not because I, you know, I, I hate looking at cannibalism or anything. It, it's more just because it's poorly written. A lot of the dialogue is absolute nonsense like there's this random scene where one of the characters starts screaming about 9-11 being an inside job and all this edgy 4chan weirdo shit um none of the characters are particularly interesting or likable so you kind of go through the whole film being like I know I should be rooting for these people not to be eaten by cannibals but I'll be honest I don't really care either way um and also, like, it's it's kind of, it's a known fact that, you know, the cannibal films from way back then, you know, were part of dehumanising indigenous people in the Amazon, which led to, to their persecution and in some cases death. So it is a bit troubling that somebody would just bring that back. Um, and then get uppity when people called him out because that happened. But anyway, um, <laughs> so it's basically this film about how these like activist kids go to the Amazon to try and protest like something, I don't know. Um, and then they're on their way back from the protest but their plane crashes and then they are captured by a tribe of indigenous people who turn out to be cannibals anyway um i i i watched the green inferno when it originally came out and i didn't really have a great time because I just, I just thought this is a bad film. 
I do firmly believe that the original Hostel is the only good thing that Eli Roth has ever done, but there we are. I just think maybe his work isn't for me, you know. Uh, but nevertheless, nevertheless, so so I, I don't know why. I watched it again. I think maybe I was nostalgic for that, that time in my life where I first watched it, because, I don't know, I wasn't locked in my house then, so I don't know, maybe I was trying to feel the fantasy. Um... So, and it was on Shudder, which is like Netflix, but for like just horror films. So it's like, it just has horror stuff on there, which of course is perfect for me. So I put it on, but I ended up falling asleep through it. So all of my dreams that night, I was in the jungle. And although I do not remember seeing the tribe, which is a shame because I, I don't know, I feel like we might have gone. And that could have happened. Uh, but anyways, um, but there was this bridge that I saw. And I, and I was running away from something, but I didn't know what. And I was like, mm, okay. Um, then I stop. I'm at this bridge. It looks rickety as fuck. It does not look in good shape. And I'm like, I've got to get across this bridge. I've got to get away from whatever's behind me. But I don't know what it is. I don't really want to look back. I look back for a second, but I couldn't see anything. It's quite dark. Get across the bridge. Get across the bridge. Couldn't do it couldn't do it the weird thing was the bridge looked like the one from paddington the bit where um (laughs) where where they rescue paddington from the from the water it looked like that which actually makes sense because both films are set in peru um (laughs) the green inferno (laughs) and parts of the paddington films are both set in peru because of course paddington is from darkest peru um but <laughs> I did watch Paddington 2 recently actually. Oh. So now I don't know if I went into like the Green Inferno or the Paddington films in my dream. But I suppose it doesn't really matter. Nevertheless, there's a bridge. I've got to get across it, but I'm scared. I feel like it was my subconscious saying there are things that you're scared to do, but you can't live in fear. You have to do the thing. But I can't. And I'm scared. And a lot of my horoscopes recently have been like, don't be afraid. Don't be scared. And look, that's lovely advice. But you're not the one in front of the Ricky fucking bridge with something behind you that you're scared of and you've got to go across it. All right? Yes, I get it. Some things are scarier than others. But what do you want me to do? What do you want from me, Eli Roth? What do you want from me? I... I feel like this whole thing was his fault. Because for the rest of the day, I felt really fucking angsty. For like the whole day after that. Like I woke up at like four in the morning, haunted by this bridge that I don't even know where it went. And I don't know where I came from, but the bridge, oh my God. Um, and, and I was, I, it's four in the morning. I'm freaked out. So I write this fucking poem. I think I fell back to sleep for like an hour. My goodness. Strange, strange times. Strange, strange times. Thank you for listening to Sincerely Jennifer with me, Jennifer Wan. If you want to find more of my work, you can on my website, jenniferwan.com, or you can find me on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Reddit, SoundCloud, and pretty much.